Capitals and the Rangers again tonight at MSG. Less than two weeks to the trade deadline, and oh, those Buffalo Sabres. It was that close, and then not so much. Today is Tuesday, March 30th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Benny, it's a game day. Looking to square the season series, the sixth meeting of eight between the Caps and the Blue Shirts. A win tonight, and you are right down the middle with two games to go, and it's a little more complicated than that maybe after what happened in the third period on Sunday. And the Rangers have been the better of the team in this season series so far. But the Capitals with a win tonight. And given what's going on in the rearview mirror right now in the Mass Mutual East, it might be a good time to find two points tonight. Yeah, little opportunity here for the Capitals to create a little bit of separation between themselves and the Islanders ahead of Thursday night's game at the Nassau Coliseum without looking too far ahead, but certainly an opportunity looking to begin this five-game road trip on a winning note. And I think from a Capitals perspective, if you could bottle up a little bit of what we saw in the first two periods on Sunday afternoon, uh, really the Capitals limited uh, what the New York Rangers were able to get done offensively, that speed and transition game, which gave the Capitals such a challenge Uh, The first few meetings this season didn't necessarily see a whole lot of that on Sunday. Thought the Capitals did a good job in that regard. And part of that was the physicality that they brought on Sunday afternoon. The big hits early on from Tom Wilson and TJ Oshie both come to mind. But one way to slow down and contain that New York Rangers bunch is to be physical with them to use the body. We'll see if they go back to that tonight at Madison Square Garden. Might we see Vitek Vanacek in this game? I feel like in the back and forth and both playing pretty well. And after that third period, I listen, you said it here yesterday. You were a period away from looking potentially at back-to-back shutouts for Samsonov. So certainly not belittling that. But I feel like Peter Laviolette, regardless of circumstances, trying to get both goalies some time here. And if that is the case, I agree that tonight against the Rangers seems like a good opportunity to go back to Vanacek knowing What again is on the other side of this with the Islanders waiting on Thursday night and we saw a couple of weeks ago in D.C. how well Samsonov showed himself in a big game against the Islanders. The Islanders had that nine game winning streak and Samsonov kept the Capitals in that game early on. So again, I wouldn't be surprised to see Samsonov get the call Thursday against the Islanders. And if you're doing that and you're also looking to keep uh, Vanacek fresh and get him in some games, then tonight against the Rangers also makes sense in that capacity. Otherwise, John, I I really believe if he does turn to Samsonov tonight, I think this is it now. I think you're going to be riding him for a little bit. But that said, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see Vitek back in tonight. Yeah, I do have a back-to-back coming up later this week. So you know that Vitek's going to see some time somewhere. But uh, if it's tonight, that would certainly be interesting. Uh, switching gears, Ben's going to have a lot more on Caps game day coming up at 4 o'clock. Zach Fish in for me tonight. I am in Stanford, Connecticut, and getting ready for a game tonight between Carolina and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, just an NHL question, Ben, and I'm not sure what you feel about this because I don't know that anybody truly knows the answer. Is this going to be an active trade deadline? Is this going to be a medium trade deadline? Is this going to be a quiet trade deadline? We're less than two weeks out now. Two weeks from yesterday is when you got to decide. And that is an important day because you need quarantine time as well. If you're bringing in a new guy from Canada to the U.S. and there's other issues getting guys from city to city, it's not like a normal trade deadline. I feel like it's going to be lighter, but I'm kind of wondering maybe I'm wrong too. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, reading the tea leaves in the weeks leading up to this trade deadline, it sounds there are indications, there have been hints if if you read the reports and you read between the lines that there won't necessarily be a whole lot of 
activity come trade deadline time for some of the reasons you mentioned, the quarantine. I know in the case of the Canadian teams, the quarantine has been reduced. Nice of the government to step in when it comes to sports decisions like this, right? But the government is saying that it will no longer be 14 days that players come into the country after quarantine. It'll now be reduced to seven. Maybe it facilitates a few moves. We saw Eric Stahl going from Buffalo to Montreal over the weekend. But you take that into consideration. You take into consideration as well, John, that given the reduced schedule this year, there's still going to be several teams that will probably still view themselves in the playoff race come April 12th with still a month left in the regular season. I don't think there will be as many sellers, for example, as there have been in seasons past. And also when you consider the challenges some teams are dealing with, with the flat salary cap here over the next couple of seasons, you know, it could be tough for some teams to maneuver and make deals. So for a combination of reasons, I think league-wide, not necessarily a whole lot of activity, but, you know, we've seen in years past where feels like that the weeks leading up and then all of a sudden come a day or two before deadline day, all of a sudden there's a flurry of moves. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, dollar for dollar is what most teams have to do. Washington certainly included in that list. If you're going to bring somebody in, probably got to ship somebody out. Quick NHL note, Pittsburgh not slowing down. We'll get to the scoreboard in a little bit. But Evgeny Malkin to long-term injured reserve, retroactive to March 16th. Going to be out for six more games. Can't return until at least April 11th. I'd say, Ben, it was hurting him, but it doesn't seem to be slowing down the pens at all right now. They just keep winning anyway. No, this is like a a sacrilege thing to do here on the Capitals radio network, but can we acknowledge the Pittsburgh Penguins over several years when their top guys go down, up and down that depth chart? They just, it's always next man up. And it's not only Malkin now, they had been without Jason Zucker for a few weeks until he returned. Kasperi Kapanen out multiple weeks now. That team, it just seems that they lose top six forwards. They won that cup a few years ago without Chris Letang. He was out that whole postseason due to injury. The way that team has been able year after year to to manage, to navigate through injuries, I'll say it's admirable from afar. And this year is just the latest example. They're on quite the roll, 18-6-1 now since Brian Burke and Ron Hextall stepped into that front office there. It's just rinse, repeat for Pittsburgh. Well, one man's admirable is another man's annoying, perhaps, <laughs> but uh, certainly no, everything you say there's certainly true. Uh, down on the AHL level, uh, good news from Hershey. Uh, Phil Maillet, the AHL Player of the Week, eight points in three games, career high, five assists last Wednesday, first bear in eight years to do that. So uh, good news as far as that's concerned. I understand you got a little onside offside for me today. We do, John. It is the game that is sweeping. Capitals Nation, onside, offside. We ask you a question. We put it first in a statement. We flip it to a question. We go back to you for your two cents on the topic. We'll begin with the Capitals' power play for years. Such a strength of this team of late. Not so much, John, in an 0-for-12 drought over the past five games, a modest 4-for-30 in the month of March. Onside or offside, Capitals have reason to be concerned with their power play unit. On side, I think they do have reason to be concerned because this is something that goes back even beyond the four for 30. They've had trouble scoring on the power play on the road all season. Uh, Going back to January, they now suddenly are struggling at home as well. The amazing thing, and I think it's a real credit to this team that they have been able to score as many five-on-five goals as they did. If I was going to have something dry up, I would rather it be the power play than five on five, because if you're living on the power play, you're going to be out in the first round. But having said that, uh, it feels stale to me. I don't think that, you know, there are some different looks. I mean, we've seen Alex kind of float around a little bit away from the office a few times, but the slingshot coming to center is sometimes in my mind just takes too long to get there. I think 
I mean, I don't know what you do at this point this late in the year. I mean, you're not going to go to any real drastic change. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a concern. I mean, you can win playoff games as long as you're scoring goals at five on five. I feel like you're going to be fine. And I think this team is poised to make a deep run. But it'd be nice if they could get the power play going again because it is with Alex Ovechkin on board. It still has been a struggle. All his goals are coming at five on five. Kudos to him. But how many do you have if they have the power play going right now? And a modest change made to the power play of late. Jacob Verana and Evgeny Kuznetsov flipped. So we have seen Kuznetsov on the number one power play unit. And I bring that to bring it to Jacob Verana, who enters the road trip on a nine-game goalless drought. He's seen his ice time significantly reduced. So onside or offside, throwing this out there, reuniting Verana with his longtime line mates, Nicholas Backstrom and TJ Oshie, would be good for business right now. I think onside, and I would say that if you don't do that, the only other option is to sit Jake out for a little bit, honestly. I mean, he has trouble scoring goals. Uh, He has for the last couple of weeks. This has been an ongoing problem this season with him where we have always throughout his career, he's been streaky, but there's been a lot more cold this year than there has been hot. The time has been reduced. I mean, Peter Laviolette is pretty clear that he's going to go with the guys that he thinks they're going to get the job done. And right now, uh, Jacob, for whatever reason, isn't. So I would like to see that, but I don't know that that's possible because TJ Oshie's filling a lot of other roles right now and he can't do everything. Healing Jacob Brana may not make that list. If it doesn't, I'm totally on board with the concept, Benny, but if that's not a possibility because TJ can't make that move to complete that second line, then you know maybe Jake sits for a game or two. All right, looking around the Mass Mutual East Division, we touched on the Pittsburgh Penguins earlier. Their success since Burke and Hextall joined that front office. They have pulled within two points of the Caps for top spot in the division. Onside or offside, the Penguins will be the Capitals' biggest threat in trying to win the East Division. I'm going to say onside because, you know, it's just the way it always seems to be, right? I didn't think, I mean, listen, we have talked since the creation of this show. We did this a few weeks ago, and we were debating what the team was that was going to be on the outside, and we thought a few weeks ago it was going to be Pittsburgh. Let's cop to that because uh, personnel and injuries and the Flyers, I thought, were a better team. Uh, The Flyers did get a rather big win in air quotes last night. We'll get to that momentarily. But I think that Pittsburgh is the biggest threat now. I think that when you look at the Islanders and man for man, I mean, if the Penguins are able to do this without Evgeny Malkin and with the injuries that they've had to endure and young goaltenders just like Washington has, and here they are, uh, the Islanders are a playoff team. They're in. Uh, Barry Trotz has that team in the playoffs as far as I'm concerned right now, but that doesn't mean they're going to finish second. It doesn't mean they're going to finish first. And I think they're look to me like a third place team. I think the Capitals will be right there. I think the Caps will probably win this division, but if they don't, they might be looking at Pittsburgh. I say onside. And how about this for the Pittsburgh Penguins? 20 games remaining, only six against teams currently in a playoff spot, four against Boston and two against the Caps. Otherwise, the remaining 14 games on the Penn schedule, all against Buffalo, the Rangers, the Devils, and the aforementioned Philadelphia Flyers. That's how we do it, onside or offside again. No door prizes for you, John, but we appreciate you playing. Tell us what else is going on around the Mass Mutual East Division on the scoreboard. Well, it starts with this. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! I don't 
even know what to say about the Sabres anymore, except that this is a soap opera wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a question, wrapped in misery. I don't know. It's 18 in a row now. And last night, Benny, this easily the hardest. The Sabres came out roaring last night. Henry Yoki Haru scored 17-42 into the first, second goal of the year. Cody Eakin, remember that guy, second of the season to 10 into the second period. Brandon Montour gets his second at 12.43. Ben, are you kidding me? It was 3 nothing Buffalo. I mean, come on. They're finding different ways to lose games. And now 18 in a row as the Philadelphia Flyers mount a rally. I wonder what was said in both teams' dressing rooms through 40 minutes. The Buffalo Sabres was foreign territory. A three-goal lead heading into the third period. Probably didn't know how to handle that type of success. And they proved it in allowing three unanswered in the third period before the eventual game winner from Ivan Provorov. Two ways of looking at this, John. The 18th straight loss for Buffalo. It's a tough, tough luck story continues in Western New York, but the other end of the spectrum, Philadelphia Flyers, maybe that's a season saver right there. To rally from three down, I don't care who the opponent is. They've been, they've had some rough struggles of their own of late. For them to mount that type of comeback to suddenly pull within a point of Boston for fourth place in the division, it's a big win for Philadelphia. I don't care who it comes against. Listen, anybody can speculate and I will, uh, but only Chuck Fletcher knows. That might have saved Elaine Vigneault's job in that third period because if you lose to Buffalo and you get housed three Cobb, I don't know that you – I don't think you can live with that. And maybe now from here he goes on, the Flyers end up winning the Stanley Cup or something. But I think that it, this is one of those times that you just feel like it was that close, like maybe they'd have to make a move. If you lose to the Sabres and you look bad doing it. By the way, Kevin Hayes at 150, Claude Giroux at 10.51, Sean Couturier with a 129 left, and then this call from a man, Tim Saunders, on a fly. Radio Network in overtime. Dallin, the Flyers get the puck, but Giroux had trouble getting it out of the zone. He gets knocked down, and now he has lost the puck. Dallin now wrapped up by Giroux, and now the Flyers have it at two on one. Konechny with Provorov. Konechny waits the pass. Provorov scores! It's over. Ivan Provorov finishes it for the overtime game winner. 4 3 is your final. The Flyers survive. Yeah, survive is about right as the Flyers win 4-3 to three and no more deflating of a loss among the 18 than that for Buffalo. Elsewhere, Benny, the Islanders lose again. Good news, they lost to the Penguins. Bad news. Two on the final. Caps have two games in hand or two points up on the Pens, who have now caught the Isles. They both are two back uh, as this race is just completely tightened and it's top three and then it's everybody else and credit the Pittsburgh Penguins for the way they played against the Islanders that season series is now done Penguins having taken six of eight over the Islanders in the regular season so something to also store should the Capitals ultimately win the division and the Islanders Penguins is that potential two versus three matchup I know that's a lot of looking ahead but the Penguins own that head-to-head season series, which is now complete, which is crazy to think that they're already done eight games with one opponent, but that's how it is with the Penguins and Islanders and the Pens taking this one despite a goalie change in this game. Not sure the status of Tristan Jari, but left the game with what appeared to be an injury. Casey DeSmith came on, played the final two periods, earned the win, Penguins 2-1 over the Islanders. Tonight in the Mass Mutual East, in addition to Washington taking on the Rangers, New Jersey is in Boston. That game at 7 o'clock. Outside the division, if you flip over after the Caps are done, I've got Carolina-Chicago, 7.30 start tonight with Pierre Maguire on NBCSN. Uh, Standings on this Tuesday morning, the Capitals with 50, game in hand, or a couple of games in hand on the Isles. Islanders at 48, Penguins at 48, 
And then there's a rather large drop-off. Boston at 39, Philadelphia now with 38. The Rangers didn't play last night, 34. And then the Devils sitting there at 30. So the top three, Benny, and then now a nine-point gap between third and fourth. Seems like a three-horse race now going for that top, but it's not unlike the Central Division. You reference you're going to see Carolina tonight. The Hurricanes, the Lightning, and the Panthers, that seems to be a three-horse race in the Central and in the, the East Division, very much shaping up like a three-horse race between the Caps, Islanders, and Penguins. Caps Rangers tonight at 7. Coverage begins at 4 with Caps Game Day right here on Caps Radio 24-7, Network Air at 645. Have a great Tuesday, Ben. Happy Tuesday, John.